Welcome back to the Women in Engineering podcast. This is Stephanie Alexandrick, your host. Today I'm joined by Cameron Brooks, who is a third year electrical student and this year's UES Wellness Commissioner. Today we will be speaking with Cameron about the importance of mental and physical health for engineering students and some tips and resources that we ourselves can use. Hi Cameron, how are you today? I'm doing good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Jumping right into the questions, um, first off, would you like to give a little bit of an introduction of who you are and how you came to this role? Yeah, so as you mentioned, um, my name's Cam. I'm going to my third year of electrical engineering. Something interesting on that note, actually, is that I didn't start in engineering. Um, my start in, at Western was actually in medical science. So I did a little bit of a cartwheel from the science faculty to the engineering faculty um, in my first year. Did a little bit of summer school, so I'm back on track and I'm taking like a normal third year electrical. Yeah, so my involvement in engineering, uh, so obviously I'm part of the UES as a wellness commissioner. I did participate in the softening program this year, which was a great experience. Um, and then outside of that, I am on the Sunstang build team, and I do research throughout the school year as part of the FAST research group um, located in Thompson. So my past uh, experience with uh, kind of like mental health and wellness is I was a crisis text line uh, crisis counselor. And again, we did lots of kind of mental health training um, and we did living works safe talk as part of the softening program training. So this is not your first experience working in the mental health realm. You said that you worked as a crisis volunteer. Um, would you like to elaborate a bit on that? Yeah, so Crisis Text Line is an online resource. So it's kind of like a call line, except it's entirely text-based. Um, they offer options for just normal texting or uh, WhatsApp. Um, they're available in, I know for sure they're available in three languages, English, French, and Spanish. So it's completely confidential. It's open 24-7, and it's free. So it's not necessarily a suicide prevention uh, line is just a general crisis line. So when I was a volunteer, there was a wide range of the different types of texters. So there was people who maybe they were just having a bad day and they felt like they were kind of spiraling and they needed help with that, um, all the way up to people who were experiencing uh, suicidal thoughts and stuff like that. So I know that a big thing for a lot of people is that, um, again, confidentiality and they don't want to run the risk of like, oh, what if somebody finds out about this? Um, I don't want like, you know, emergency crews coming to my house, stuff like that. So they will never send emergency crews to your house. There's only two exceptions that they'll disclose information to the authorities, and that's if there's um, child or elder abuse or there's an active threat, so something like homicide or suicide. And that would be something that would be handled by the crisis responder but also by a supervisor who has additional mental health training. So just a bit more background on the volunteers. So the volunteers come from a lot of backgrounds. So for example, I didn't really have any mental health background when I started, um, but they do have a very intensive and comprehensive training uh, regimen that they do. Uh, I believe it's 40 hours in total. Uh, but then again, there is volunteers who do have formal uh, training, such as uh, social workers, mental health workers, um, stuff like that. That's really, really interesting to hear. And uh, I think it's a great resource that... Um our listeners should really consider. And if they're any, ever in a spot where they need someone to talk to, this is definitely a resource to go to. Um, I know you brought this up, and this is a bit of a follow-up question earlier, is there's some mental health training within the softening program. Did you want to talk about that as well? I'd be interested to see what, I guess, 
training is done for for the softs? Yeah, so the biggest one is the Living Works uh, Safe Talk. Um, so Living Works offers two programs. Um, so there's assist training and then there's Safe Talk. So Safe Talk can be thought of kind of as almost like level one. Safe Talk is something for not just somebody in a position where they would necessarily be needing mental health training. Safe Talk is almost more better thought of as a community initiative um, where it's the more people in the community that are trained with the safe talk method the more people that there are in the community that um, you can talk to and then the assist is more geared towards direct um, intervention for any individual as is at the risk of suicide so we didn't do the assist training for the general softening program but any of the leadership team and the o staff they did the assist training so the assist training and the safe talk is actually offered on campus um, to any student there are members of Western staff that are trained to be instructors for uh, Safe Talk and for Assist. So you can check out the Western website and you can just type in UWO um, Living Work Safe Talk and it'll come up and there'll be information on how you can register to do it yourself and to be um, part of the community and you know contribute to having a better, uh, safer um, community in terms of suicide prevention. For our listeners, I will attach a link into the description that will include the link to this site as well. Following up from that, why did you join the Eng Wellness Force and what does the Eng Wellness Force do? Yeah, so I joined the Engineering Wellness Force um, because I was previously involved in the UAS last year through the Sustainability Council and I wanted to take on more of a uh, leadership role within the UES. And wellness is something that I've always been passionate about and I had some previous experience in. So that's why I decided to apply to be the wellness commissioner. And ultimately, I end up being selected for that role. So a little bit about what the wellness force does. Um, I'd say the main thing that they do that a lot more people would know about is the wellness uh, exam care packages. Um, so those are done uh, before exams for both semesters. Um, and they contain things like fidget toys, uh, snacks, leaflets and pamphlets to have uh, resources for mental health, physical health, um, exam tips, stuff like that. Um, wellness also does uh, wellness geared events and other things like that. So one of the things that I'm hoping to do this year, if I can pull it off, is goat yoga. I know that it did it in previous years. Um, I think it was pre-COVID. I think that would be pretty cool to do. And then I'd say the other aspect is social media presence, um, where we share uh, tips and resources for uh, mental and physical health, and also just sharing of other events that other clubs and different offices at, well, uh, at Western are putting on that are geared towards wellness. Okay, next question. Why is mental and physical health important for engineering students? Yeah, so I'd say first off, the biggest thing is that um, your mental and your physical health are not mutually exclusive from each other. They're very much tied together, and they also tie together a lot with academics. Um, so there's lots of studies and lots of evidence that um, having poor mental health will reflect in your schoolwork. Um, so if, you, if you're struggling with your mental health, then ultimately it will impact your school, and that's what will become kind of like a downward spiral. So it's important not only to um, 
improve your mental health, but maintain um, your mental health and your physical health. Throughout the school year, and especially around exams, I know a lot of people, is a common thing for us, like, oh, it's exams, like, I have to crunch, like, you know, obviously wellness will go to the wayside, which obviously during exams, you're gonna be stressed and stuff. So obviously, that is true. Um, but again, a lot of things that uh, will ultimately impact your wellness, like, you know, staying up and to the middle of the night to study and stuff like that is ultimately, although it may be that it feels like it's helping you is ultimately, um, it'll actually do the opposite. And you'll won't be able to do as much work. Um, you'll be less focused. So yeah, ultimately taking care of yourself will obviously be a lot more enjoyable and um, you'll be a lot more invested in your schoolwork and you'll be able to get more out of it. No matter what time of the year, but especially at exam season, it's, uh, it's not a time to disregard your health for sure. Yeah. So following up with that, what mental health resources do Western engineering students have available to them? Uh, yeah. In short, there's a lot. So there's actually a, um, a list here that I have pulled up that uh, I can share with you and you can link to the podcast um, that was provided by Sarah Hanna. So Sarah Hanna is the engineering wellness counselor. So there's tons of resources from anything from crisis support um, to equity to dealing with anxiety. Um, but definitely one of the best resources is um, the engineering wellness counselor, Sarah. Um, and you can book an appointment with her through your academic counselor or through getting referred from uh, just the general uh, student wellness center located in Thames Hall. And just again, on that note, um, you don't necessarily need to go to the engineering wellness counselor to get counseling. Um, you can just do the general counseling that's offered through uh, Western Mental Health. Um, they're a great resource. The biggest thing that a lot of people are worried about is really just the initial booking of the appointment. Um, but it's really easy. You just call them and it's literally the exact same as booking like a physical health appointment. They'll just be like, okay. And then they'll give you a date and time. And again, you can stop whenever you want. Um, you're not like obligated to continue on um, with counseling. Um, the one thing I will say though is the counseling at Western is geared towards short term, um, which is their definition, I believe, is five to 10 appointments. So if you do go and you find that you want to continue um, with counseling, um, they can connect you with uh, other resources outside of the Western environment uh, in the London community. So whether that be um, a therapist, um, psychiatrist, psychologist, anything like that, they'll sort everything out for you. If someone wanted to book an appointment with Sarah, it can be to discuss whatever like aspect of their lives. It's not just like engineering or like school related? Yeah, it can be anything. So it can be anything from if you need help with um, like study strategies, anxiety, um, depression. Um, one thing that uh, some students struggle with is like perfectionism, and stuff like that. Um, especially in engineering, you don't really have time for perfectionism a lot of the time. And even if it seems like your problem may not be addressed by this that's okay um they will refer you to the proper resources and that's another great thing that a lot of people don't realize is a lot of the offices within engineering um operate on a no wrong door policy so for example if you were to go to um like the engineering wellness office and they were like okay this isn't something that we 
are really geared towards addressing, they will refer you to the proper resource. So again, just reaching out is the most important thing, and you will find your way to whatever resource you need to address whatever issue or challenge that you're faced with. It sounds like making the first connection is the the biggest step, but from there, like there's so many people that want to help you with whatever you need. So it's just just making that first step. Mm-hmm. And again, it's completely confidential, um, and there's no obligation to keep going. The main thing that I really like is that there's a lot of emphasis put on the student being in control, um, and that's the same thing with crisis text line, where it's like if you want to stop the conversation, you literally just text stop. Um, and the same thing applies to any of the Western resources. Um, if at any point a student doesn't want to like continue with it, then they can just stop if they want and nothing will be done. It's not like they'll keep contacting you and being like, Hey, you should come back. It's all in your control, which is something that a lot of people worry about is that once they make that initial contact, um, things will be taken out of their control. Um, but that's not the case. I think a lot, a lot of these resources and counseling are actually to give people back the control that they feel like they've lost. Okay, uh, switching gears a tiny bit to physical health, what are some easy ways for students to get more active and live healthier lifestyles? Yeah, I'd say the first thing off the top of my head would be intramurals. So that's one thing that I find a lot of people don't really know about anymore, especially with COVID, um, having kind of taken intramurals and kind of put them out for two years. Um, but intramurals are great. There's tons of different sports. Um, I'm actually doing intertube water polo this year. I've never done it before. It's so um, fun. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm going to try it. I'm doing it with a group of uh, people in engineering. Um, and even if you don't know anyone, even if you just have like you and a friend or something, um, you can just get put on a team um, and you can meet a lot of cool people. Um, it's a great way to get active because it's a lot of people they don't like going to like the gym or something or like they don't really want to do explicit like exercise like i don't want to go for a run or i don't want to lift weights um intramurals are great because they're fun um they're interactive and they're social you get to meet um a variety of people like i've met so many of my friends through intramurals and that kind of stuff yeah also very low commitment like most of the intramurals are like an hour a week so if, if it's something that you're worried is going to take away from your workload, like it's, it's one hour a week if you do one intramural. Yeah, I think mine's like an hour and a half on like Sunday evening. So like very, very out of like the way, not interrupting with any school stuff. And again, that, that one hour that you're taking of the week is much more important than maybe one hour that you have spent studying or something like that. You're taking care of yourself. Yeah, exactly. For that, you can do your work and for that, you can um, be efficient in your studying and your work and uh, everything like that. Some other things that are kind of of staying on the same uh, thing is at the rec center, they also offer a ton of classes that I feel like a lot of people don't know about. Um, And, you know, again, a saying that I like to say is you're paying for it, so use it. Um, There's a ton of things that when you go through your student center when you're looking at all the money that you have to pay. There's a whole bunch of things, um, and you're paying for all those. So get get your money's worth. <laughs> yeah, use the resources that you have available to you. Mm-hmm, for sure. And then also clubs. Uh, there's things like climbing club. I know climbing club is a whole lot of fun. I know some people um, that I worked with over the summer doing research, they did uh, climbing club, and they loved it. 
Um, again, you don't have to know how to rock climb. You don't ever have to have done it before. A lot of these clubs, half the people have never done it before. Um, that's the great part is because there's people that have before and you'll learn. Yeah, a lot of the sports clubs have or welcome beginners. And it's it's people that have maybe wanted to do that sport earlier in their life, but they, it was never accessible to them. And at university, I've found like all of the clubs are relatively accessible. If you have to pay any money, it's not significant. And you're able to experience new things that you never were able to do before. Mm-hmm. And kind of on the flip side, if you're an athlete who did like soccer or baseball or rugby or something in high school, um, you can do intramurals and there's a whole community of people who are kind of in the same boat where um, they either didn't want to or weren't, weren't quite at the level where they wanted to do varsity. That happens a lot in engineering because they're like, I, I, there was a point in high school where they had to choose between athletics and academics. Um, so there are, I know for sure there's a lot of people in engineering where they did um, reasonably high level sports and then they didn't end up doing the varsity level. So there is a whole community of people out there that are doing things like intramurals um, coming from a more of a competitive background. I'm, I'm not sure about all intramural sports, but um, a few that I do know, they do have a recreational league as well as a competitive league. So depending on your skill level, you can choose which, one, which league would be better for you. Yeah. And the last point I have on here is something that I actually, I actually personally use, and I thought it was kind of cool. Um, so yoga. So I know they are, there is yoga classes at the rec center, but the thing for me is I didn't really want to go to like a yoga class and I kind of wanted to be able to do it on my own. Um, so there are, are, there's actually apps for it. And the app that I use was called Down Dog. And it was actually really cool because you do have to pay for the pro version. But then I emailed them and I was like, hey, I'm a student and I have no money. And they're like, here you go. Take it for free. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so they give it to me for free. And then usually it's like $70 or something. And then the second year, I was like, hey, I'm still broke. And they're like, we can't give it to you for free again, but we can give it to you for like $10, like severely reduced discount. And it's cool because it's not just pre-made videos. It's, there are pre-made videos, but it's a bunch of different kind of like, I guess like poses and stuff like that, that are then stitched together by AI based on what you select so you can select like oh i want to have like an emphasis on like neck stretches or something like that or like i want it to be like a chill practice or i want it to be more of like a strength practice and they'll stitch together different ones based on what you say and also based on the time so if it's like i only want to do it for 10 minutes or if i want to do it for like an hour it'll generate that so the the engineering part of me really liked that because i thought it was pretty cool that's really cool i use it it's it's not for yoga necessarily. It includes yoga, but there's this app called Fit On that I'll use. And there are like videos, pre-recorded videos that you can follow along with. So if you're just wanting to get act- active at home or, I don't know, wherever you may be, you can do a five-minute to 20-minute video and get a little bit of yoga and stretching or some, there's some strength training and cardio as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really good because I know that the biggest thing for a lot of people who are just getting into kind of like working out or something like that is the biggest thing is like, I don't know how to. And, um, especially I hear from, especially a lot of my, um, friends who are women is they don't want to go to the gym because they might not feel comfortable going to the gym or something like that. And that's where all of these different online resources, um, come in handy. And like, there's so many resources online, like the online kind of like fitness 
um, industry and fitness influencer thing has blown up the last few years. And that's great because there's tons of resources online for if you want to learn, practice at home um, and that type of thing. Yeah, you can use those videos to build confidence um, if you're planning on joining a gym or doing some physical activity out, not in, in your house. Um, or you can just do, do the exercises at home. I've found that I can do exercises at home that I guess were equivalent to what I could do in the gym just because at the gym you're usually waiting for way, uh, like uh, different uh, machines and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some tips you have for a new first-year student when transitioning to university life? Yeah, so the first thing I'd say um, is definitely get involved in the engineering community outside of your academics. So one thing that I said to my first year as well as thing was um, go to like at least like three different club or build team uh, meetings at the start of the year um, and then choose one that you really enjoy. Um, it's something that you continue going to throughout the school year. Cause if you don't like it and you don't enjoy it, you're not going to keep going and there's no value in going to a build team or a club if you're not enjoying it. Um, even from like a resume standpoint, like if you can't really talk about it, then it's not really worth anything. So find something that you do enjoy and that you do want, you look forward to going to, um, rather than seeing it as kind of like a task. Um, obviously a hundred percent of the time, it's not always going to be like, oh, this is super fun. Like there will be times when, yeah, you do have to do work. Um, but in general, um, find something that you do enjoy and look forward to. And then the, on the flip side, get involved with something that has nothing to do with engineering because, you know, your whole life in engineering is engineering. <laughs> um, so it's nice to do something and be involved in something that's has absolutely nothing to do with it. Something that can get your mind off of class and everything. Um, so again, things like intramurals that we talked about, different just general USC clubs, um, whether it be something that a hobby or something that you're previously involved in or you know, joining something new that you haven't done before, um, something like that. Um, it's definitely really good to kind of get an escape and um, kind of get your mind off things. It's also a great way to meet people outside of the engineering department, which I feel like sometimes we can be pretty enclosed within our own department. So um, especially joining USC club or even other hobbies that you may just do outside of university, they can allow you to meet other people that are a bit different than you and you can learn from that as well. Yeah, for sure. My other tip is um, for first years transitioning is um, use your softs. (laughs) We did like a whole week worth of training where they pretty much just crammed resources into us. And even if, for example, they don't have the answer that you're looking for, um, again, it's the whole thing where they know somebody who does have what you're looking for um, or know somebody who knows somebody type of thing. The whole, the whole idea of the uh, no wrong door policy type thing can be incredibly useful. So even if it's something like study methods or um, connecting to mental health resources. Um, it can be an easy way to get linked in with those resources through a familiar face instead of having to go to some random office on the huge campus that Western is to try to figure out what resources you need. Okay, lastly, is there anything else that you would like to add? Uh, yeah, 
So one thing that I wanted to touch on, especially in the age of social media, is that wellness isn't about being 100% always happy and having everything figured out and, you know, you know, picturesque, like my life is great type thing. Um, Because it it probably seems like people around you have it figured out, but like nobody has it figured out. And I actually, I actually loved hearing that from somebody who he's actually the CEO of Bose. He came in for a talk last year. And even he said it is he always thought as he was going through his career that everybody above him in the company or you know, his mentors and everything, they had it all figured out. And then he got to the top and he was like, hey, nobody has it figured out as long as you're trying. We're all just trying our best. I think that's, yeah, it's definitely a good insight to internalize that. No one is perfect. You don't have to be perfect. Everyone is just trying their best. Mm -hmm. And it's not, again, it's not about always, you know, feeling great because you're not always going to be 100% happy and like there will be times when you're stressed and anxious um and that's just that's just life um and it's about managing um the stresses and stuff like that and making sure that as long as you feel well more often than you don't um you're you're probably doing pretty good and the other thing is is if your wellness is not at the point to where you can maintain it then that is where uh, you need to pay more attention to your wellness and work on it um, because the worst thing that can happen is when it begin, begins to spiral where your physical health health slips and then that kind of turns into your mental health slipping and then your school slips and then it just becomes a snowball. So again, not always being well is not a bad thing. So a big thing in the engineering community that I find is not talked about a lot is imposter syndrome. So those of you who don't know what imposter syndrome is, is it's, I think the formal definition is feeling like a fraud almost. And it happens a lot in engineering because you're learning all of this and you're learning all this very um, technical and high level knowledge. And you feel like it's like, I don't know it as well. Or like, I'm not an engineer. Like I know all this stuff, but like, I, I'm not an engineer and like, I don't know what I'm doing. And that kind of comes back to the other thing of like, nobody really has it all figured out. Um, and kind of just managing your expectations and kind of reflecting on what you have achieved and, um, again, where you're going with that. Cause I know that's personally something that I've struggled with where, especially getting involved in things like internships and research, um, where it feels like you, you're like, I don't know anything. I can't do this. But again, it just comes back to just trying and just doing things because a lot of the students who come into engineering, they're, they're smart and they're high achieving and they place a lot of pressure on themselves. And, um, you know, a little bit of pressure is not bad because that's what drives you um, to keep striving. Um, but too much can ultimately lead to, again, that kind of downward spiral out we discussed. One thing I, I talked to my friend about um, recently is I think a lot of people can resonate with this of always looking f- to the future of the next thing that needs to be achieved, whether it's getting an internship or like finishing exams and then getting a job after graduation. Uh, there's not a lot of emphasis on actually reflecting on the things that you have completed and the successes that you have achieved. 
So I think that's something important for all of us to remember is that we should be reflecting on how well we have done so far and appreciating those moments. Because if we continue to look forward, that's where there can be the cycle of burnout if you're never actually soaking in um, what work and successes you have achieved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it kind of relates to the idea of like never being satisfied. Like that's the main kind of theme that happens with engineering students, especially the whole talk when talking about imposter syndrome. And something that can be done to improve that is um, writing it down. Like, what did I learn today? Um, that type of thing. Because it can always feel like you're just it's like, okay, the next assignment, the next lab, the next class, um, the next semester, um, getting an internship. Again, always striving for the next thing, which is, which is great. And that's how you advance in your career. Um, but again, taking time to reflect on what you have achieved and what you have learned. And that also kind of ropes into the point of a lot of people in engineering, because they are high achieving and because they are goal oriented, is wellness can often become kind of like a checkbox on a list, which is not a very good way to treat wellness, because then it becomes a whole cycle of like, oh, once I finish this semester and I get everything figured out, then I can take care of myself, then I can figure out my wellness, or like, oh, once I graduate, like, and then it becomes the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. So the best, the best time to take care of yourself and um, take your wellness seriously was yesterday. So yeah, definitely making sure that you maintain your wellness throughout will ultimately make your academics better. And the biggest thing is sleep. A lot of people don't sleep. Don't do that. Y'all um, need sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was reading a study the other day, and, I, and it's, if you get below seven hours of sleep, your brain function is cut in half by 50%, which that was a shocking number to me. But looking back on it, I totally believe that. <laughs> you don't have to do all-nighters to do well in exams. Yeah. And this is kind of the, this is the medical science student in me coming out. But a common misconception is that learning doesn't happen while you're studying. It happens while you're sleeping. So all of the stuff that you study during the day, it has to get transferred from your short-term memory to your long-term memory. And that happens during sleep. So if you're not sleeping, that's never happening. And all that studying is pretty much just getting wiped from your memory. So definitely getting a consistent sleep schedule is something that is extremely important, especially when you're having like, if you have like 8.30s, three days of the week, but then the other days it doesn't start till 11.30, still try to get up at around the same time because that's when you get into like the erratic kind of sleep pattern where it's like one day I'm going to bed at 1 a.m. Next day I'm going to bed at 9 p.m. Um, and that's, that's no good. And then as you approach exams and stuff like that, it's just going to get worse. So definitely taking care of your sleep is very important. On behalf of um, all of our listeners, I'd like to thank you, Cameron, for joining us today and providing a little bit of insight on the mental and physical health benefits and importance for engineering students. Is there any last words that you'd like to say before we leave? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me and um, definitely keep an eye out. Uh, we're going to be trying to have a lot of uh, really interesting and important wellness events throughout the year. The main thing that I'm trying to do is really trying to get wellness back in the eyes of the engineering community, especially after COVID. So definitely trying to really get it back on board and definitely getting it back into like kind of the public eye of the engineering community. So stay posted. We're, we're going to hopefully have some really fun events. 
And I'll have links to the UES Wellness Force social medias um, in the description as well. Okay. Thank you, Cameron. And until next time, Western. <laughs>